0: Welcome to Top Deck Insight, our podcast where we talk about everything Magic the Gathering. Now, we're just about to jump into the episode, but before we do, I'd like to say that if you like what we do and you want to support our work, the best way that you can do that right now is to just follow us on Twitter. It's at Top Deck Insight. It's the best way to interact with us, the best way to get involved in what we do and the content that we make, and we would really, really appreciate it. Now, without further ado, let's get to it. It's been a couple of weeks since our last episode. What have you guys been up to?
1: I have been playing some Arena, playing Actual Standard, through the colour challenges.
0: Yeah, how was that?
1: It was a very long, long, long road of many, many games. That, uh, by the way, this is going to show that I'm not very good because I lost a couple of them. (laughs) When you lose, when you play the bot again, they play the same game. So you have the same hand, they have the same hand, they play in the same order, so you know exactly what cards you're gonna draw, which I think is really annoying.
2: And it's not good either, because- Josh is
1: gonna say, well, how do you lose?
2: I am gonna say (laughs) (laughs) that, yeah.
0: Um, I could see how that could be really annoying, playing the same game again and again, but how do you lose the same game over and over? Well,
1: no, I'm not saying I lost it over and over, but I'm saying I lost it once.
2: Yeah. yeah, and then you have to replay have the to whole thing. You have to figure
1: out how you win. Because if you're drawing the same cards in the same order, they're drawing the same cards in the same order. What do you do differently? Because you lost the first time. Yeah. But you, you have know, access to all the same cards.
0: I Actually, that's interesting, because I feel like that would be a fairly good way to learn. Like, this is the, the set of tools that you have. It's not changing. Um, and so you have to use that set of tools to figure out the problem of, of how you win the game. Uh, and it leaves nothing to chance. it kind of that kind of lesson removes the chance from magic and just makes it boils it down to an equation of here's your set of tools. how do you navigate to a win which I think would be a good learning experience, but I'm not learning magic. so the thing is
2: the only problem with it is that it makes you start the whole game from the start. I think a better way to to sort of tackle both of your problems here is is you would you know, you would play something and then it would tell you, it would, it would sort of take your move back instead of making you lose the game and start it all again. Okay. Because mm. it, it's similar to like chess lessons. I don't know if you've ever done chess lessons on chess.com, but they'll, they'll, you'll make a move and they'll be like, this was a good move, but can you find a better one? Or yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. And it will take your move back. Um, and I think Ooh, yeah. if you're playing the same game, which is script, it's a script, they're scripted matches. There's no need to make the players start all the way from the start again. Yeah,
0: you're right. I think with the colour challenge decks, you're not playing, you're probably not playing a game where you have, uh, you know, dozens of different play patterns and options. There probably only is a very finite set of options. Mm-hmm. They're
1: very basic. But maybe maybe that's the thing, because I'm not learning to play magic, that's why it's worse. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. if somebody started on Arena as, like, very early into their magic play, it would be better. But I've been playing magic for, a long, what, like, uh, way over a year now, so I just found it quite long. Yeah. But maybe if you're starting from the beginning, it would be useful. But yeah. Either way, I'm through.
0: So, we have played a couple of really good games of Commander, the three yeah. of us. Yeah. Over the last couple of weeks, so let's just recap those real quick. So a couple of weeks ago, we played uh, Two Headed Giant
1: mm-hmm. Commander
0: for the first time. For the first time. Yeah. What do
2: you guys What did you guys think of that? So let's just well let's just talk about the game that we played. So we first thing I want to talk about is we have improved on how quickly we play these games. We in both sessions we've managed to play two games, I think.
0: Yeah, we've managed to we we talked about it on an episode a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago. yeah. And we've managed to, I think, cut our average game time, even with five players, mm-hmm. down to about 1.15, 1.30. Yeah. Which is just about where we wanted
2: it to be, and yeah. that's really, really good. And we didn't feel, like, exhausted or anything. We felt, felt it was a good, fun session, I yeah. think. Um, but yeah, so moving on from that, the game that we played, uh, the first, the two-headed giant game we played, so that was between me, Josh, against Sarah and Maddie, who is... One of these part of our play group, um, and the decks we played. So, Josh, what did you play? You played Eldrazi.
0: I was playing, yeah. yes, Morophon 5 color, colorless Eldrazi. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, feel free to look that deck list up. Um, I so I was on Josh's team and I played my Annawan pre constructed commander deck from Zendikar, uh, with my own upgrades to it. Sarah, what were you playing? I was
1: playing Taser, um. Mm-hmm. Afterlife, I guess yeah, is the best way. Yeah, black white afterlife is the best way to describe it. And
2: Maddie was playing her rakdos vampires list, uh, led by Olivia Voldaren. So it was an interestingly fun game. And <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I think we know what we want to talk about.
1: One card. One card that One
2: card. Josh uh, Josh had in his Eldrazi deck. Josh, mm. would you like to go
0: through it? <laughs> yeah. So my Eldrazi deck runs a bunch of fun cards that I think just look really fun in Commander uh, aren't necessarily finely tuned. One of those cards is Scheming Symmetry. The mana cost is just a black for a sorcery that reads uh, two target players search their libraries for any card and put that card on top of their libraries. (laughs) Which, in Commander, is a really interesting, fun card. You know, I'm going to target myself. I'm going to play the politics game and target someone else. Um, In 1v1 Commander, it's kind of an interesting sort of I bet my best card is better than your best card kind Mm -hmm. of deal. And it's a really fun card. In Two-Headed Giant...
2: (laughs) It's cheating. Just,
1: it's, it's cheating. That's so, so unfair. It was pretty
2: unfair. <laughs> like, we won off the spot with that card, essentially, because Josh was able to search a card, and because of the rules text of that card, he was able to choose me, because I'm a separate player. So on the same team, we both searched up the most powerful cards we could. And pretty much just won off the spot. Yeah. So it was unfair, and... <laughs>
0: I'm not we have, salty. up yeah. until that point we were losing.
1: We were gonna win next turn.
0: Yeah, up until like, that point. We actually
1: were. Sarah yeah. and
0: Maddie were definitely, they had total control of the game. Uh, they were doing really well, and then I I drew for the turn, saw Scheming Symmetry. No, you saw it before. <laughs> uh,
1: you saw it because Yes, you, I think you I had it. a Mystic
0: Forge down or something. Yeah, yeah you did. Yeah. Me
1: and Maddie assumed it was a big creature and between us had like- counters slash destroy and we were holding them up thinking I was like it's gonna be in it that betrays, it's gonna be something else and we couldn't interact with it at all.
0: Yeah, I think I had a mystic forge down So we looked at the top card of my library together, Sam and I, and we were both, I think both of us in unison were just like
2: (laughs) yeah!"
1: Yeah, you decided you'd won, you were like oh we've won.
0: (laughs) I mean yeah, pretty much, yeah yeah, that was so, so busted in Two-Headed Giant. Yeah. Um, uh, and we since, managed to win it.
2: From yeah, there. we have developed the house rule of if we ever get that card again, we have to pick the opponent. Yeah, uh, one, uh, the, uh, one our choice of the, choice of the yeah. opponent. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, but yes, we, we have to... one one. So maybe I would pick Sam and Sarah next yeah, time. exactly. Uh, but yes, we you have to pick one person from different sides. Otherwise, that card is just really yeah, pretty yeah What do <laughs> really two
1: guys broken. actually pick? I can't even... Cause so just I picked...
2: I picked Notorious Throng, which is a six mana sorcery, uh, five and a blue, for... It essentially lets you take another turn uh, if a fairy or fairy rogue has dealt damage to an <sighs> opponent. Yeah. An equal... And then you make X. That many. Yeah, yeah. You, make, you make X fairy rogue flying 1-1s one equal to the amount of damage you've dealt this turn with rogues. Um, and I think it... Does it cost less or something? I can't remember exactly how it goes. It has prowl. Yes, okay, no, I remember now. So it actually costs four mana. It's a four mana card, and the four mana itself, if you pay the four mana, um, will make the 1-1 tokens equal to the damage you do. But you can pay the prowl cost for six mana, Mm -hmm. um, which you can only pay if you've dealt damage with a rogue, and if the spell's prowl cost was paid, you can take an extra turn. Mm. That's how it works. Um, So yeah, that essentially let us... um, Go again. Yeah. And I think Josh you I,
0: picked I think I got
1: It That Betrays.
0: It that
2: Betrays. I can't quite remember.
1: You well you had that yeah.
0: Or oh, did I have that in my hand? I think that was already in my you picked-
1: hand. You did get it because we did use our removal on it.
2: Yeah, so it would have been before then, because they wouldn't have been able to interact with us. Maybe they would I don't know. You know I can't remember I what know. I got. But yeah, either way, Notorious Song was enough to finish them because it mm-hmm. created so many rogues and gave us both another turn and yeah, it was, Yeah,
1: it was, you just you swung and killed us and that, yeah, that was all that you was all
2: you did. It. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so we have now got the house roll of <laughs> allowing that to mm-hmm.
0: I think it was the combination of Knowing that scheming symmetry was coming and that we draw it next turn, mm-hmm. so we can spend this turn lining up a huge swing, yeah. Knowing that we're gonna play scheming symmetry, get uh, like a new, like, get an extra turn, and mm-hmm. so we could, yeah, it was a really powerful uh, sequence to line up, <laughs> uh, yeah. We can turn anything. the game around, yeah. 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 Uh,
2: awesome wouldn't be win. won't be happening again, it will not. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's how... It was a fun game of TV 2 though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely up to some We were on the back foot a little bit, and it was fun to see how our decks interacted with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I definitely want to play more TV 2 just to see, mm-hmm. because I think, for example, a tra- your attractor deck, yes. which has built around Proliferate and Infect, would work really well in unison with Maddy's Vampires deck, because there's quite a few plant counters synergies, it, yeah, and you can contest. choose to Proliferate her counters as well. So... I think there is some spicy two V two games ahead of us. Yeah. I think.
0: I think Rogues and Pirates, my Pirates deck and your Rogues deck, Sam, could work very well together as well. Because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of cards in both that make all creatures unblockable. hmm Um and I think yeah. that most that of benefits, the yeah. Yeah, I think most of the unblockable creature spells make all creatures unblockable or all or all creatures can't block or something. Mm-hmm. And we take our combat turns together. So I think that there's some potential spicy combos there.
1: hmm mm-hmm. Spicy.
0: Yeah. Um, so speaking of Commander as well now that we're a few weeks into Kaldheim I think that card prices have started to settle, people mm-hmm. have started to see how things perform. What cards have you guys actually bought? What singles have you bought from the set for your Commander decks and where are they going?
1: Well I've only got a few haven't actually got any of them yet uh, well first of all, because I don't know have we talked about the fact that we proxy on this at all? We have, we all? So, yeah. oh, we have. Mm-hmm. so I have proxied for in Clex, for Attraxer because it's 30 pounds or something like that. Very expensive. Um, I've also picked up a Finn, the Fangbearer for that deck, Mm -hmm. which is a 1-3 with Death Touch and gives all your creatures with Death Touch Infect, kind of, but it's just two poison counters. Yeah,
2: it's not not Infect, the key word, it just creatures with Death Touch deal damage in the form of, no, that is Infect. Yeah, (laughs) no, so creatures with Death Touch If they deal damage to a player,
1: it's two poison counters. They
2: gain two poison counters no matter how much damage they deal. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Which is in there mainly to give Atraxa a version of Infect. Because she doesn't actually have Infect. She has a lot, but she doesn't actually have Infect. And then the other one for Atraxa is Binding the Old Gods, which is kind of mainly just to. I need to actually read it. can't remember exactly what it does. Yeah,
2: well, the. That is a good card for you, I think. The I think what I've noticed... Um, it's the the ramp. With the land, yeah. It's like
1: a ramp, just get me <laughs> just land. A land. Yeah, it's, not, it's um, not even... And you
2: can get any land, any mm-hmm. forest. Any forest. Which is, yeah, that that card is taken standard by the storm just because it's able to color, uh, fetch all the triomes mm-hmm. as well, which is just so good. Yeah. Um, and I think that's...
0: In, in budget lists, Caldheim also gave us the snowlands, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you can fetch up uh, a dual-colour land in the mm-hmm. deck if you're picking up those. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Binding of the Old Gods. Oh, Binding the binding old the Old Gods, gods yes. Uh, I get it mixed up with a the Theros card. Binding, binding of the Gods?
2: Binding of the Gods,
0: yeah, yeah. something like that. Um, Which is yeah. also an enchantment saga. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, binding the Old Gods is a really strong card. Yeah, definitely seeing a lot of play in Standard. Mm-hmm. I like that it's an uncommon. It's powerful enough to be a rare. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but just an uncommon. Um, and so it's really nice and cheap. Great pickup for commander decks that can play it. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
1: want to carry on with all of mine? Or yeah, mine. yeah, okay. Well, there's two more. <laughs> uh, Mask Vandal for Seri, which is a changeling that destroys an artifact. Exiles, exiles, exiles an artifact or enchantment when it comes in yeah. which, I think that's right
2: at the cost of exiling one of your own creatures mm-hmm. from your graveyard,
1: which is fine yes, because is, yeah. I have nothing in that deck the,
2: that brings stuff graveyard back, synergies, yeah. Yeah. and I
1: have no removal either, so basically I can play it if Rin and series down, I'll get a cat and a dog token mm-hmm. and exile something yeah. which is pretty decent. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, that's also a really solid card, I think it was on, I'm not sure whether it was on our list
2: of top cards for Calhoun uh, but it was on a the common... wider
1: list that didn't make it into the whole yeah, card. It was a it was because, it yeah, it's on the
2: list It did Yeah, we just we didn't have much to talk about it in general. It's just a good
0: card. It is a really solid card. Yeah, it's a cat and a dog. It's really good in dog. Kind of. Yeah, it's, <laughs> a, it's a cat and a dog, and it removes an artifact or enchantment, which is there's almost always going to be a mm-hmm. target, but. It, there doesn't need to be for you to play it. Yeah. Uh, so if you really just need to get a creature down and you need to make more tokens uh, off of Ruin and Sari or something, then you can just play it and mm-hmm. it's no big deal.
1: Kaya, the eni- enix- Inexorable. 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 Inexorable, there you go. <laughs> uh, which I'm going to have to Google if I need to read it all out.
2: Yeah.
1: But for Taser, um, because it gives everything afterlife, and then. If I can ultimate, then I can just play a free legendary card every turn. Yeah, which means yeah, we don't need to read replayable taser.
0: We don't need to read, out. Uh, need to read out the whole else. card. Okay, that's it then. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's going in your
1: Taster taser deck. afterlife. Yeah. Yes.
2: So for cards from Kaldheim that I picked up for myself, um, so I did do a card order recently, and I'm actually trying to remember what Kaldheim cards I got. I think I only got one because uh, I, I I haven't hadn't done a Zendikar order either. Uh, and I had a bunch of things from Zendikar that I wanted for my Windgrace land Mm. deck, so that's got a bunch of new tools, Um, but from Kaldheim, I did pick up Halvar, God of Battle uh, with the runic art as well, which looks amazing. Yeah, they're they're actually barely more expensive. Tiny, Yeah, I saw it was like three pence more expensive, so I was like I'm getting it, there's no Mm -hmm. reason not to Um, and that goes into my Akiri Boros uh, equipments deck, Akiri Phyllis Voyager from Zendikar um, yeah, so she is based around sort of uh, red white creatures, equipping them with really powerful artifacts. Um, it started out as the Wyleth pre constructed commander deck. I'm, I'm a big fan of the pre constructed decks, and I changed it to Akiri because I, I liked her game plan a bit better. Um, and yeah, Halvar, oh, he's a really, really good creature for the deck. He gives all of my equipped creatures double strike and he has the he's a dual face card so on the other side is an equipment uh, itself which can give a creature plus two power and vigilance and when the equipped creature dies it returns to my hand so it's a really good way of keeping my creatures alive powerful and it's just an artifact that is good uh, as well as a creature it's just a solid card for the deck overall yeah you know you've made a good choice when it's an
0: MDFC and both Mm -hmm. sides are Are beneficial it's
2: hard to pick which one I want so yeah, that's the card that I bought from Kaldheim. Mm-hmm. And also, yes, I also bought Imastam Predator for Maddie's Olivia Voldaren deck. Yeah, Imastam Predator is a vampire dragon in Rakdos colors. I mean, first of all, vampire dragon, as I've mentioned before on the podcast, most badass yeah, you a cool one. creature type mm-hmm. pairing. <laughs> no. Vampire dragon. Vampire dragon. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it works really well in the deck. It's just a flying threat. It's a vampire, you know? And yeah, it just fits in. So those are, the, those are the cards I've got from Kaldheim. Uh, what about you, Josh? Uh, well, let's see. I picked up a copy of
0: Glorious Protector for my Bant Flicker deck with Rune of the Hidden Realm
2: mm-hmm. as the
0: commander. Glorious Protector is a four-mana angel with flash flying, and when it enters the battlefield, I think you can exile any number of non-angel permanents that you control. Yes. And then when yep. Glorious Protector leaves the battlefield, they come back. So it's... Uh, you know, reminds me of lumbering battlement uh, from Ravnica. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, the flash is really nice. It's good protection, and it's at uh, you know at the very least, I could probably flash it in when it's not my turn, exile all of my stuff, block something with it, let it die, and then flash it. Uh, all my stuff comes yeah, back it, in there. It, it, yeah, it'd be good against
2: curious. like board wipes.
0: Yes, yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward to testing that out. Uh, I have picked up also for that deck a copy of Search for Glory. Mm. Now, I'm pretty high on this card. I'm, I was, I almost ordered a couple of copies, because I do really think it could go in any deck. Okay. Uh, but Search for Glory, if you're really struggling for mana, it can search up a land. You know, it, it, um, most of the time in, in this deck, it's going to search up a legendary creature, um is it a legendary creature or legendary permanent legendary permanent i believe Isn't it Oh no like legendary a creature legendary in card oh, legendary card so oh, wow. any planeswalker so i uh, interestingly for the deck i'm also picking up kiora master of the depths kiora master of the depths is a four mana planeswalker that comes in on four loyalty counters you can plus one untap a creature and a land you can minus two, reveal the top four cards of your library, put a creature and a land from among them into your hand and the rest into the graveyard, and then her minus eight gives you an emblem, which reads whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may have it fight target creature. Then,
1: put three
0: eight eight blue what? octopus creature tokens onto the battlefield.
1: What? No. <laughs> House rule band.
2: House rule band. <laughs> to be fair, it's gonna be quite hard to get her up to eight loyalty. Yes. Um, yeah. But
0: But it's a big yeah, it's, it's a big, big huge threat. Yeah, she, she's a very, very powerful planeswalker,
1: Three eight, that's ludicrous. Mm-hmm. That's too much. Lots of lots
0: and so glorious. Uh, sorry. Not, uh, so and so search for glory it gives me the option to search for Kiora. It gives me the option to search for Kiora, Behemoth in um there are a couple of other play- like options in the deck, mm-hmm. legendary cards. Uh And so I I think that's going to really overperform. I think it it is going to be very, very, very strong. Um, I'm also picking up Litjar and Mirror Lake, the blue-green utility land from Mm Kaldheim, which you can tap and sacrifice to make a copy of any creature that you have on the battlefield. Right, yeah. Um, It just synergizes very nicely with my flicker effects. It can be, you know, it will probably just... So you can only activate it at the time you'd activate a sorcery, but if I'm struggling... Um, like, maybe I'm flooding out uh, on mana. It gives me a mana sink and it gives me an option. It, it is just one more thing that mm. I can do. Uh, I think that's all for my Flicker deck. I'm also picking up a couple of cards for my Jeskai Storm deck with Kaikar. Mm-hmm. Um, what's Kaikar's name?
2: Kaikar Winds Fury?
0: Winds Fury, that's it. Uh, with Kaikar Winds Fury as the commander. So that deck revolves around playing as many instants and sorceries as you can, uh, generating a ton of value, drawing a ton of cards, hopefully making a bunch of tokens. But usually that's just to gum up the board. You win by storming off and playing something like Ignite Memories or I think any of the other uh, storm cards that are an option in Jeskai Colors. And there are a couple of really, really great spells that have been released in Kaldheim. the kaikar deck one of those is the trash rare dual strike because you can foretell it and then it is an instant it costs one red to cast once it's been foretold and lets you copy any spell that you cast Mm -hmm. so if i cast i mean if i cast a storm spell it's an extra copy that's not great but let's say i cast something like a treasure cruise which draws me three cards or a magmatic insight which gives me a ton of red mana Mm -hmm. i can copy it for one mana and that's really powerful. Yeah. Uh, and actually, because Kai'kar makes Kai'kar's ability allows me to make spirits when I cast spells, sacrifice those spirits for red mana. Dual strike is pretty much always on the table. It could even get me through a counter a counter fight. I could play a counter spell. Somebody counters my counter spell. I could play dual strike, countering, copying my counter spell, countering theirs. And yes. so, that's, it seems like it... That's <laughs> cheeky. <laughs> uh, it seems like it could be a really versatile tool in the deck to just foretell and then leave it, and whenever it comes up, it's, it's there as an option. Yeah. Uh, and I am picking up the big mythic Bergy God of Storytelling.
2: I don't think it's mythic. I think it's rare.
0: It is rare, you're right. Yeah. The Big rare. Big rare. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is Hanfell Horn of Bounty on the other side. So, Bergy... I will summarise what she does. She's a three mana, three, three. When you cast a spell, add red. Uh, She does some extra stuff. None of it's really relevant to the deck, though. The other side, Hornfell, uh, um, (laughs) Horn of Bounty, has the ability, discard a card, exile the top two cards of your library. You may play those cards this turn. You can do that as many times as you want. So, in my storm deck, I think this is going to be such a bomb. Mm -hmm. It either... One side makes mana; the mm-hmm. other side draws cards. Those are the only two things that the storm deck needs to do <laughs> to win. Yeah, I either need more mana to storm off, or I need more cards. So having this, two options on one card, and it's all red mana as well, which usually I have in abundance mm-hmm. thanks to Kai'kar and cards like Magmatic Insight and Battle Him. Um, uh, I think that, I think this is going to be an absolute bomb. It basically enables my deck to go off so much more easily um whatever my deck needs at the time that i have Bergie in hand i can play it on the side that's relevant and so it will make the deck a lot more consistent i think i am really looking yeah. forward to testing this out
2: dual faced cards i think are just so much um there's just so much value in them being dual faced uh it can make them what, what what one side would be like a mediocre card just because it's dual faced make it a way better card mm-hmm. um And i really like that i really like the dual face cards and i'm looking forward to wizards making making them kind of not a staple the word is kind of uh maybe even like evergreen
0: you know i i like the dual face cards a lot in arena Mm
1: -hmm.
0: i have concerns about them in paper magic though okay um Let's say I just I don't really like the idea of having to constantly take my card out of its sleeve okay. and swip swap yeah. it over. And also, um, let's say you're playing a relatively new deck, or you draw you draw a Bergie, and you're like you think ah oh, uh, I, c- I can't remember what the other side does. How do you check that? Yeah. At the Table oh, without sunny. giving away what it How is. How do you check to, it? <laughs> <laughs> I had
2: to sort of very slyly on in the other game. I had to very slightly look under the table and just distract everyone else but um, this well, is what I
0: mean. Yeah. So you've been in that situation yeah. recently, I think in the last game that we played, mm-hmm. where you had Halvar in your hand I'm mm-hmm. guessing and you had to check what Sword of the Realms did so you had to try and check it under the table <laughs> without anybody noticing <laughs> so that they wouldn't know what it was. Yeah. And this is, I think this is genuinely gonna be a, a challenge. Now you, so you could say, why don't you just know what your cards do? That's That's not fair. <laughs> that's not fair.
1: Is that not fair? Remember that. <laughs> I'm gonna nice. remember that every time you say that to me. <laughs> um,
0: that, that, yeah, that, you, you can't. Th- th- some of them have a lot of text. Sometimes you know what the card does, you just need to check something. Like, ha- uh, Harnfell is. The cost is discard a card, and then it's exile the top two cards of your library. You may play them this turn. You know, it, I, I more or less will remember what that does, but there are sp- specifics I might need to know. Mm. And. If, you know, some of these cards are pretty expensive, a lot of the MD- MDFCs are rares. Uh, the lands are probably going to be valuable for a number of years. For mm-hmm. <laughs> people who like to collect cards and hold the value of them, these cards are going to see some serious abuse, I think.
1: But won't the people that do that do have the inner sleeves, though, so would that make it any better? Possibly,
2: yeah. So, the, I think the rules in, like, competitive paper magic, from what I remember, Uh, they have like placeholders because because they were Mm dual-sided sometimes your opponent would be able to see kind of vaguely through the sleeve so what i remember seeing it was in an fnm tournament we used to uh, a while back one of the people who played the simic nexus decks he had search for his canter And they would have the placeholder card, Mm -hmm. which would have the normal Magic back, and it was like, uh, use this card as a placeholder for any dual face card that you have. Yeah. Yeah. Because then they'll play it, and they'd be like, right, and then get their Mm -hmm. dual face. But obviously, it still poses the same problem because you'd have to. You still have to take it out. Take it out and and stuff. But yeah, it's. I guess that's kind of kind of a solution because you could just keep the dual face card sleeved, but then yeah, you'd have to. Yeah, it's it's still a. Yeah. This is actually
0: that's something that I do, um, in a way with uh delver of secrets in my pauper delver deck Mm. um i don't usually take it out to flip it over i just have a three two token that i've made Mm -hmm. that i slap Mm -hmm. on top of it because i don't really like the idea of uh of cards that are quite valuable and that you Mm -hmm. want to last a long time constantly taking them out it's also not great for your sleeve no Um, yes that's true
1: and you know, uh, sleeves
0: matter. Sleeve, sleeve lives matter. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. Oh no! <laughs> no yeah, <maybe. laughs> yeah you, you want your sleeves to last a long time. Uh, a lot of, uh, I don't think I've ever broken a sleeve or anything. But part of the reason for that is that I just <laughs> leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> I've broken so many. Broken so many. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> no, that that's it, really. Yeah. Um. So I, yeah, I, I don't I. I do have some reservations about MDFC cards in paper, but we'll see how they play. You yeah, know, in, in dual terms
2: face of, dual face cards
0: aren't a new thing.
2: Yeah, no, mm. exactly. So I, in, I guess it's not too big a deal. In terms of general like quality of the cards, and not like card quality, like just power, they're just good. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good thing to have. Um, I don't see them because it's not it's not like broken in a sense. The only way the card would be broken is if the card itself is just really broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think the mechanic itself will ever be considered to be like oh this is a bit too consistent too powerful it's just it's just nice i think since the last episode of this podcast there has been an official strixhaven uh, spoiler for five cards that uh, they've spoiled from the next set that'll be coming out what did you guys think of that i thought it was really weird that they've spoiled so early i know right into so, so early we just had Kaldheim. Kaldheim. yeah we've just yeah. had caldheim and then they're like right so the next set <laughs> in a couple months time yes
0: so yeah. there are a couple of things that i think i really want to talk about mm-hmm. um one the strokes haven spoilers look pretty cool mm-hmm. um, i think that the set looks good i'm glad that it's not a direct rip-off of basically hogwarts yeah it's just mm-hmm. inspired by it I like when magic do this. I like when they draw inspiration from a popular theme. Mm-hmm. If we had a Middle Earth themed set or a High Fantasy themed set, although I feel like that's it's every set, magic. That would be great. You know, that's that's. I'm all for that. Direct rip-offs or, or even sometimes just direct IP crossovers. Not so big a fan mm-hmm. of. Um, Strixhaven looks good. Mm-hmm. I am. Um, very much looking forward to changing my names for all of the color pairs. No. It's not happening. To so, this. No. for example, I'm gonna. Uh, Can
1: you remember
0: what any of them are? Yeah. Um mm-hmm. Go on. Quandrix is Simic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Simic yep. is Quandrix. You're correct. So uh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna start playing a bunch of Quandrix skill gates. We're not gonna no, allow him to do this. <laughs> What other cards have Simic in them? Quandric Biomancer, I don't know. <laughs> uh, and then you've got uh, Everquill is Orzhov. Everquill is a way cooler You are
1: incorrect.
0: Than Orzhov.
1: It is Silverquill. Damn! Silverquil. Got it here! You got Silverquil. told! Oh, yeah. told. Everquill
0: Phoenix is a card, though. <laughs> That's
2: where I got that from. That's a red card. Yes, it Not is. Not even either a <laughs> black or white. <laughs> Completely <laughs> wrong. Uh,
0: yeah, so I, I think that... I think it looks good. I, I'm actually mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to this set. I think it looks really interesting. I think the cards that were spoiled look good. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't read any of them and think, oh my god, that's broken, uh-huh, which yeah. is really reassuring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that generally <laughs> happens. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but yeah, uh, alongside the Strixhaven spoilers, they so they released five cards that showcased five new color pairs in a sense. Well, they obviously the color pairs are the same, but five new names of Uh, Names of the Colleges, I think. Yeah, the Strixhaven set, I think, is designed to be around, like, Magic School, uh, and that's why Josh said it's not just, like, a rip-off of Hogwarts. But, yeah, the five cards they released are showcasing the five... I don't know if it's just five colleges, but five of the colleges, uh, which is supposed to be, like, the central theme, because they each have their own identity, in a sense. Um, And so far, they showed the Boros colours, which is... I can't remember the name. Lawhold. Lawhold. Uh, Lawhold, Lawhold College uh, is the Boros colors. There's the Silver Quill, which is black white. Uh, Quandrix, which is blue green. Prismari, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. for the Is it? And then there's one more the Golgari one.
1: begins with a W.
2: Wolgari. <laughs> <laughs>
1: with a bloom <laughs> <laughs> with a bloom I was close you were close yeah um, well God. yeah there's,
2: and then there's with a bloom uh, as the fifth one and I think it's interesting when they move away from their traditional colour pairings because the from what I've seen they don't want the colours the, the pairs that they've released to be too similar to um, the, the typical like, like with black white it's sort of about like death but also like uh, authority. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're trying to push away from that with Silver Quill. Yeah, they're kind of the poets. Yeah, they're, they're sort of like the artist the art students. They're the lit students. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the Prismari, I
0: think are the art students. Oh right, okay. Yeah, yeah, they're the flashy okay. ones, aren't they're they? They're the drama students. Yes, they are the drama students. Oh, yeah. Mean, yeah, which is very different, I think, mm-hmm. from is it guilt
2: like is it mages mm-hmm. uh, on Ravnica. And then Witherbloom is supposed to be like the weird. Science kids. kids, yeah, they
1: are the, Yeah, look at that, That's very goth. <laughs> the goth kids, yeah. The goth yeah. Kids. Um,
2: I think Quandrix is supposed to be like the science yes, they're the math club. Math club, yeah, <laughs> math
1: club. all this American high school knowledge we've just decided we have, <laughs> yeah,
2: apparently. <laughs> and then Lawhold is just the animal department. The law hold
0: are the elephants, the, the elephants, elephants. Oh. every school has. Yeah, the elephants. You know,
2: all the northern American listeners, you know what we're talking about. Yeah,
0: the elephants. Every every high American high school has a group of students that are elephants. That are elephants, of course. So, I you're feel like that there
1: earth. is dangerous ground being treaded on here. What
0: do you mean? What do you mean, Sarah? <laughs> I don't understand.
1: You don't understand? No. Could okay. you elaborate? No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But yeah, so Strixhaven, again, as you said, we're surprised that they've spoiled it so early. But I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be an interesting set. It looks fun. It looks like a fun set. Mm-hmm. And uh, it still
0: will be released during lockdown, so I won't properly enjoy a pre-release or anything. No. Uh, but maybe the set after that <laughs> will be able to actually go to our local game store and play. The
2: last pre-release I went to... I don't think I went to the Theros pre-release, did I? Did we go to the Theros pre-release?
1: Mm. Oh. Yes. No. Maybe no. not. Wasn't Theros like? Oh no, because I think Theros came out way later than that. said last year,
0: January. Yeah. Last so year. I... did it? Oh so, I... yeah, So it came out exactly a year ago.
1: You guys went to something, and then like the day after was when lockdown started. Could that have been it?
0: No. no. Theros came out a year ago. It came out the same time as Kaldheim, but a year ago.
1: You must have gone to it then. Yeah,
2: how come we didn't go to it? I, I don't know. remember it, because I, I vividly we remember the Drain one. Yeah, you do have yeah. Theros Dice. We, we, must do. Have we must have gone. What <laughs> did we play? <must have> <laughs> because <laughs> I, I can vividly remember um, the Drain pre-release. Yeah, Because that was one that I went by myself, yeah, and I was you didn't terrified. go to the pre-release. Huh? You didn't go to the Eldraine pre-release. No, I went to the
1: release release. Yes. release yeah the pre
2: release was a lot of fun there was yeah. a lot of people dressed up and like cosplaying it was on holiday yeah you guys were on holiday we were in
1: croatia where well, there was not one single magic store because we did no. check <laughs>
2: <laughs> i did try and see if croatia
0: I could... step it up <laughs> yeah, i i tried while we were on holiday in croatia i checked to see if there was a game Anywhere, store that yeah. i could go um... to the Eldrone pre release <laughs>
1: we did we did bring. Uh, any. We did bring our decks though, didn't we? Which I don't know if that. <laughs> we brought. Do we bring one? We one deck decks. each. Yeah.
2: Aww, you just never <laughs> know when great. you're going you to need to throw it out. Yeah.
1: always be ready to throw. Always down, guys. be ready to
2: throw down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Eldrian pre-release, That was the last one I remember going to. I don't remember going were to that. People
1: down. cosplay. That's unreal. Oh, yeah, I-
2: people were like cosplaying and like that was like. Yeah. I can't was... be
1: angry because I was in Croatia, but I really <laughs> wish I'd seen that. It, it was, was a really lot cool. of fun.
2: Um, it was packed as well. There was tons of people there. Um, it was a good, fun event. And that was at Top Deck Inn. That was at Top at Deck our Inn, local yeah. game store. Uh, yeah, that that
0: sounds fun. I'm I'm upset that I missed that. Not really, because the holiday it's was great. It's difficult, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I can't, we can't remember that set we were in Croatia. Yeah. But I I know a lot of people are getting a bit sick of Eldraine and how powerful it is in standard. But I loved Eldraine. I it really like that set.
1: It's my favorite set mm-hmm. that I've been. I think it might be
0: mine too. I I just, I really like the. Everything about it, I I really liked. Um, That said, if I didn't like Eldrain a lot as a set, I could see why you would get so frustrated at it because it is really dominating standard.
2: Yeah, it's like card design wise, it's pretty terrible. But like the artworks and and the inspiration that they took and all the the Mm flavour in that set was just perfect, I think. They did a really good job of the actual design
1: mm-hmm.
0: i really like the alt art as well I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of the kaldheim alt art okay um but the eldraine stuff with the, like the fantasy look and the
2: vines and stuff really i think really kaldheim nice. killed it with the art
0: I, N- I, not, well, not
2: I, so much the alternate art but like the like the sagas for example mm-hmm. all the woodwork carvings that, i yes. think those were amazing um but i guess yeah the alternate art with the runic sort of yeah. I quite like it. I don't know. So
0: I think this comes down to personal taste. Obviously, yeah. very, very well executed. All the artists are fantastic. But for me, Eldrain's art, alt art was like Eldraen's showcase art yeah. was beautiful. They were really nice. Feroz's Feroz's is, showcase was, art, yes, yeah, so cool. Was gorgeous. True. Uh, and I, I, I do think that Calheim's is very well executed, very well done. I guess it's just not so much to my taste.
1: It's, but it is what it should be. Like mm-hmm. with what kaldheim is, the artwork makes sense. I think that's what. That's what we can do with fairies, like fairy tales.
0: Do you like? You mean to say that the 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 the, the showcase art fits fits in with theme the theme very yes. well? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. I, I could. Well, you know what? I don't know if I do agree. They seem mm-hmm. to have married this concept of like Viking culture mm. and metal. Yes. Yeah. Was that a thing before? I didn't understand Was, that. was metal. Closely tied to Viking culture in any way? I don't
1: know. I don't really know a lot
0: about. Yeah, it. I'm not. I'm not Mitchell. really. So I don't. I, I think that's maybe part of the reason why I'm not. Yeah. So so big in it. I don't really understand
2: it. <laughs> maybe who knows? Well, this is the thing. I don't see cow time. I I, I, there's obviously lots of Viking culture here, but there's no metal kind of. But people there's...
1: keep saying metal in, though, in, don't they? in the they? Old like, in the showcase art, there is. It.
2: If you look at say,
0: um, uh, the Alrund hacker. Uh, uh, showcase art. Mm-hmm. What's the card called? Our, Our God um, of the Cosmos? Yeah, something like, like that. Hacker mm-hmm. Whispering Raven. Yeah. Um, if you look at the uh, the showcase art of that card, it looks very metal, I think. That's it? Yeah, it looks... Um... Let's take a look at it. So that's the one side. I mean, I still think it looks... And then look at the other side. See, that... Okay, that's, I see what you that's mean. Metal. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and so, yeah, it's very much like... Uh, I think that you could look at the showcase art for Kaldheim and you can definitely see that, like one of the one of the guiding words on the artwork is face melt, <laughs> um, and that's that's pretty cool. It's well executed. I don't really see what it has to do with Viking culture. It, uh, I might, I might just be missing something.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Any metalheads out there listening? Or feel free to. Or Viking enthusiasts. Or Viking enthusiasts.
1: Please let us know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, or both. We actually would like to know how many people are both,
2: because <laughs> that if is exactly a lot of what you, the question is. Then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, speaking of alternate arts, demonic Shooter and source to ploughshares in the uh, Strixhaven archive, which is the—it's not a set. It's—it was released with the Strixhaven spoilers, and it's not part of standard at all because that'd be insane. But they. Released alternate artworks for demonic tutor, uh, Sorcerer plowshares cards. Was, I think Opt got one as well. Just a couple of cards that they plan on releasing in collector boosters. I think for for Strixhaven. I believe that's the plan. I believe that's the plan. Um, I think they have at least one of the Strixhaven archive cards, um, and yeah, they they look amazing. They do look incredible. I think it is. A good thing
0: that Swords to Plowshares and Demonic Tutor and. Well, not Opt, really. (laughs) But I I think it's a good thing that these cards, these expensive, powerful cards, are getting reprints. Mm -hmm. Um, That said, I still think collector boosters are ridiculous purchases and you shouldn't buy them.
2: Mm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, never buy collector boosters. Yeah. But I but do believe the artwork is coming to Arena. Not that Demonic Tutor and Source Plowshares are, because that'd be insane. That'd but, be ridiculous. But the other cards that are in the Strixhaven Archive set, mm-hmm. like Opt, that will be coming to Arena. That's pretty cool. Which is cool. Yep. I'm not
0: super high on uh, Arena cosmetics. Yeah. Um, but that, that is pretty cool. And I think that ultimately, if the cards being put into Collector Boosters brings down the price of Source to shares, happy about it. Mm-hmm. Sorts
2: of isn't that expensive. Yeah, it's um, a couple of I was couple wondering of how much it was
1: because I have it. Yeah. I wouldn't have yeah, bought it. Was in the, it was in my
2: precon for the Boros one. Yeah, yeah, it's. But it's, demonic tutor is expensive.
0: Demonic tutor is very expensive, but yeah, even Swords of Plowshares if it comes down by uh, a fair chunk, that's a good thing because mm-hmm. it's such a powerful card, such yeah. an efficient card. It's, a it's such a staple. Yeah. Um, reprinting staples, I think, is what I want to see more of. Mm. So I think this is a good move. Uh, But I still don't believe that collector boosters are a worthwhile investment. Oh, absolutely
2: (laughs) not. Never buy collector boosters. Terrible. Yeah.
1: Don't do it, kids.
0: I think that... um, I don't know if you guys uh, watch Talarian Community College, the Mm -hmm. YouTube channel, but the professor does box breaks where he will buy a, a box of cards and then crack them one by one, add up the value, sell them and then he'll he'll get another box if he makes enough money mm-hmm. to um to, to to buy one so he does this uh with every every set that comes out and you know some of the some of them he's gone like 13 15 boxes in and, and it's pretty incredible mm-hmm. um he did this with the kaldheim collector boosters <laughs> and didn't even get one no i wouldn't no. imagine it was. Yeah, it was like a 10 minute video it's terrible. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and uh, you know I think it's just it shows that the, the collector boosters aren't really worthwhile.
2: Uh, you get a bunch of foils which are pointless and mm-hmm. curl, and yeah, very bad quality. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The price tag that Wizards have put on their collector boosters and collector packs is so unnecessarily high. Um, I wouldn't advise anyone buy them. How
1: much are they? Because I, uh, I think it's not 10 my 10 thing. Ten really. pounds
2: each. Yeah, ten
0: pounds for a pack, and or like three like hundred ish. or something. Yeah, some. see, that's the thing when it's two, like two, two, three hundred pounds for a box. It's
1: just crazy. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's just stupid.
1: I, I can't. I just can't envision a situation where you'd want that.
0: I think there's less cards in it as well. So a normal pack has fifteen cards. I think a collector booster has <laughs> that's nine even or worse. ten.
1: So it's like a pound a card. <laughs>
0: Essentially. Yeah. And if the if the the professor's box break can't really be taken as gospel because it was one box, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the average card in those boosters still doesn't even cost more than fifty p. No, yeah, Um, it's not worth it. It's just
1: people like the high though, don't they? Mm. Opening the pack.
0: Yes, but what could you open in a Kaldheim collector booster that would make it worth it?
1: I don't know, but you guys um, used to
0: buy packs the, at the start. An alt art foil clex. Yeah, the, run- the
2: runic symbol one, I know is going for a lot of money. Yeah. The one where the text is all just runic symbols.
0: There are a couple of really expensive Yeah, It's really weird. Yeah. So you can't oh, read it. Yeah. You can't read it. God, <laughs> why would that be a thing? I don't know, it just looks cool.
1: Yeah, but if I can't. On voring. no. <laughs> no, that's really dumb.
0: There are a couple of really expensive cards in the set: Goldspan mm. Dragon, Vora and Clex. Goldspan
1: Dragon, expensive? Yeah. yeah. I was gonna. What? Mm-hmm. I was gonna buy it. There was no need for me to buy it. Yeah. I just really like it. But it's like what? Ten? Fifteen?
0: Fifteen, 15, 15 pounds. The, oh, it is a brilliant base, card.
2: Base copy. Yeah. Yeah, it's a brilliant card. It is. Yes, yeah.
0: Yeah, really strong. It's, it is. It's like we said. I mean, it's exactly what we thought it would be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a top end threat. In a lot of the decks that it can go in, mm-hmm. uh, and it just it gives you an aggressive flyer and then mana back. Yeah, uh, it's that's just crazy. So, actually, this is a nice segue. Speaking of uh, of goldspan dragon, um, what have you guys been playing in standard? How have you found standard the last couple of weeks?
2: Well, funny, yeah, funny you mentioned that. I, I think you were going to talk about this as well, but I've been playing a lot of the teemer Obosh nexus deck, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Teamer Nexus, which has not actually got Nexus of Fate, but has Auron's Epiphany as essentially a con. Um Do you want to go over the deck, Josh, since you, you introduced it to me? I would love to.
0: It would be my <laughs> honor. Feel so, it. I first saw the deck on Chris Botelio's Twitter. He tweeted that he hit number one mythic rank with it, and I did love Teamer Adventures, so mm-hmm. I thought I would give it a go. Um, So, what the deck does, it has the core teamer Adventure package. Edgewall Innkeeper, Brazen Borrower, Lovestruck Beast, Bonecrusher Giant, Great Henge, Kazandu Mammoth. Um, The the kind of... well, Kazandu Mammoth and Great Henge aren't really... But
2: they're they're core to the deck.
0: Yes, yeah. That core Adventure package we've seen just persist at the top of the standard Mm metagame since its release. So it works very similarly to the um, the Goldspan Gruul decks that have kind of been going around. But Goldspan Gruul used to protect its dragon with a snakeskin veil, which is fine, Uh, but it's not. It doesn't answer everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, It doesn't answer board wipes. It doesn't. uh, It's it's not quite enough. It's not powerful enough. Um, Is it tempo on the other side? Protected its dragons with a a counter spell, which is about as primo as you can get. You mm-hmm. know, a, a 2 mana counter spell protecting a dragon is unbeatable. Uh, I, I, but that was <laughs> that was the deck's whole plan. Mm-hmm. It was a whole lot of interacting and doing nothing, and then get a dragon down um, and and start swinging. Um, I think that the the teamer adventure list is kind of a mashup of the two. It has a really strong early game because of that adventure package. Okay. It has a really strong finishing game because of goldspan dragon and counter spells, uh, which you can hold up. And it also has a a couple of extra tools which just push it over the edge. Alron's epiphany is one of them. If you could play goldspan dragon and then resolve an epiphany, then you're just winning the game. Mm -hmm. You're just taking over the game. You get two flyers, you get another turn, you get so much more mana. Mm -hmm. If you're able to get Obosh onto the field when you do that, then your dragon uh, dragon can hit for eight damage. Um, And often, you know... Oedbosch is in the list because he can be, because mm-hmm. everything happens to be odd. You have plenty of even plays in foretelling things and adventure creatures. The adventure side is uh, Bonecrusher, Stomp, and Petty Theft, two mana uh, mm-hmm. spells. Um, and so the deck just plays beautifully. Like I- I- If you can curve into uh, like innkeeper and then adventure creatures, like Lovestruck Beast or something, and then Great Henge dragon, Oleron's Epiphany. It's such a powerful curve. It's yeah. such a powerful curve. Um, often Obosh is a bit of a, uh, kind of a a pseudo Oleron's Epiphany. For the, with, I've been playing the deck a lot and I kind of find Obosh to be a sort of, um, well I can't take an extra turn, but I can slam Obosh and attack with a dragon and then he does double damage, which is kind of like taking an extra turn. It's kind of like having an extra combat step. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's very often is enough to finish an opponent off, so I'm finding the deck really, really strong. Uh, that said, with no other deck in my life have I struggled to decide what land to play. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, the deck has double green for uh, the Great Henge. It has double red for the Dragon. You require double red to play Robosh. You require double blue to mm-hmm. play Brazen Borrower, and you need double blue for Alrun's Epiphany. And so it's so difficult to know which land to play, because it depends so heavily on what cards you're going to be playing on turns 6 or 7. The lands you play on turns 1, 2, and 3 can decide what cards you can play on turns 5, 6, and 7. Mm-hmm. And that can make or break a game, and it's really hard to decide.
2: So I have also been playing this list, and I think my evaluations of it is yeah the lands do get really difficult to play sometimes and i think an easier way of doing that is looking at which card underperforms the most and for me that's brazen borrower um i'm not the biggest fan of brazen borrower because what i love about bone crusher giant and love strike beats is that they're such strong blockers as well uh they draw you a card and keep it down and they're good blockers brazen borrower is simply offensive in a sense um and I like the idea of cutting out Brazen Borrowers. I know that's annoying because it's one less adventure card, but you know, Goldspine Guild does fine with just two adventure creatures. Um, and I think I, I like the idea of putting Royal Scions in there. Royal Scions could be really good. I think mm-hmm. um, it, it's a three mana, five loyalty Planeswalker, which is insane, um, and it pluses to six on turn three. That's our core levels of powerful. Yeah, I think Royal Scions could be really good in that deck because you can, yeah, you can plus one. Give your creature plus two and first strike, that can help you cast your henge if you need to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, that card is easier to cast than Brazen Borrower. Um, you don't have to sequence your turns thinking about, oh I need double blue for Brazen Borrower. Instead you can sequence it like I can I need double red, and this also helps me play Royal Science. Yeah. I think that might be a swap, maybe.
0: That's an interesting tech, yeah. Mm-hmm. That I think that you have some points, Brazen Borrow is pretty bad in the mirror, mm-hmm. it's pretty bad against other decks that play adventure creatures
2: Yeah. because um, you kind of want to have big blockers and good defense to be mm-hmm. able to play your really really powerful top end and that's where I think Love Strip Beats and Bonecrush Giant are so powerful Yeah. Um, and Brazen Borrow just isn't mm-hmm. in that regard, so yeah I think that could possibly be consideration
0: that's an interesting tech, yeah I'm definitely still at a stage with the deck where I am learning the best way to play the, uh, the kind of net deck list that I've got. Mm. And I haven't even started thinking about other substitutions or anything yet, but the deck is powerful. Mm-hmm. It, it seems very
2: real. Yeah. Mm. So, Sarah, what have you been doing in Standard?
1: I have been playing Goldspan Gruul. Yes. Without Goldspan Dragon. Without
2: Goldspan Dragon. Nice.
1: Yes. As I think we've said, I'm fairly new to Arena, just mm-hmm. completed all the color challenges, so I am low on the old wild cards. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I had two or three mythic rares, but decided to get Great Henge rather okay. than yeah. Goldspan. Um, so I just have some other dragons in place. I have Terror of the Peaks,
2: that's good, which yeah, which yeah. is
1: like, good anyway, and um, then Volcanic Dragon, which is. Basically, gold span without
2: the. Without the good. Without
1: the. Yeah, <laughs> without the, the free mana, really. I've never seen
2: that card. What's that printed in? Whatever
1: that. Uh, I think it's
2: just an arena card. That's something. the Zendikar Commander symbol. Mm. Volcanic Dragon. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, six mana,
0: four, four with flying and haste.
1: Yes. I've never seen that. So uh, also a, though, a, yeah. a worse gold span dragon. Yeah,
0: yeah. And that's a perfect placeholder. It kind of yeah. fits the same role in the deck as mm-hmm. a top end flying threat, mm. hasty threat. What and, do you? Yeah, what's the? Purpose.
2: Yeah. If you could go over the the early parts of the list, like what do you play at the beginning? What's the the early end? The early end? end.
1: Yeah. It is never an innkeeper, guys, because I have been <laughs> told never play an innkeeper on turn one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, it depends. <laughs> no. So. It, it,
0: yeah, it depends on your curve, but most of the time it's probably a bad idea.
1: So I have love struck beast. So people know to answer. So I can turn one. Um, yeah. Hearts desire. Heart's desire yes. Yeah. Uh, I have. Brushfire, yes, mm-hmm. yeah, which is great. It's a
2: good, 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 gruel card, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Um, I have Kazandu mammoth, mm-hmm. but I. So this is this is a couple of things that I struggle with, with the adventures, struggle with playing the creature without first playing the adventure. It really upsets yeah. me, and I really struggle playing Kazandu mammoth as a land.
2: Yes, yeah,
1: <laughs> it just it, it feels wrong. You don't <laughs> do it. Right, guys, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Top Deck Insight. We would love any feedback you have. We've been your hosts. That's it.
2: Yeah, we'll see you on the next one, guys. Thank you very Bye. much. Bye. Bye.
1: <laughs> <laughs>